morning. I'm a bit nervous today. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm talking about faith. And the enemy wants to shake me. But I say, enemy, you are not going to shake me today. <laughs> okay. Um, for those of you who know me well, and maybe the home group or especially members of my family, they will tell you one thing about me. I am very impatient. Particularly, I'm impatient, if, especially if I'm driving, and you tell me to pick you up at, say, maybe 3 o'clock, and I leave my house five minutes to 3, and I come to your house, and you're still faffing around. <laughs> oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Oops, I forgot the present for the person. Oh, the, oh. Because for me, when you tell me to come at 3 o'clock, it means you will be in my car at 3 o'clock and will be driving off 3.01. <laughs> I once left my daughter, poor thing, carrying a mattress down the stairs. And she said, Mom, you, dro you drove off. I, I got fed up and I drove off. I left her. And she said, Mom, you drove off, you drove off at three minutes past the hour. <laughs> That's how impatient I am. But... You would love to know I am getting better. I've been called to account, like my niece would tell me, Auntie Candy, when I come to pick her, she says, Auntie Candy, patient. Remember, you're a woman of God, patient. <laughs> so I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. So I'm excited about the word today because we have been still continuing our series on prayer, and it has been really, really good, especially the word that was shared by Katie last week. It was really beautiful. And we're continuing today with a prayer of David in Psalm 40. I'm going to divide this psalm into two parts. One, we're going to see how David was praising God because of past deliverances from God. And the second part will be where he makes his request on the foundation of praise. If you don't know who King David is, he's the guy who slid Goliath. He's the guy who killed Goliath. He was one of the favorite kings of Israel. In fact, he is. God called him the man after his own heart. But despite all these favors, he had so many enemies. He had so many enemies, enemies from within his household. His son rebelled against him and wanted to replace him as king. His father-in-law, how many times he tried to kill him by throwing a spear at him, many times. His advisors turned against him. So he knew what trouble was. And when he's referring to enemies, he's not referring to my neighbor is not talking to me kind of enemies. These were people who wanted to kill you. And if they had the opportunity, they would have killed him. But thank God that David had a God who is mighty and is a deliverer. Amen. So if you have a Bible with me, let's read Psalm 40, 1 to 17. And the words will come up. 
David says this, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of it, the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mud. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a fun place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one, I love this, who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord, many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done and the things you plan for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, there were too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ear you have opened. Burn offerings and sin offering, offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scrolls. I desire to do your will, my God. Your laws is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not conceal. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my, my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. Let me take a picture of water. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me. I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head. And my heart fills within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly. Lord, to my help. Help me. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be upheld at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. Hallelujah. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help, my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. Amen. When you read this psalm, you cannot help but just rejoice. Because this is David's testimony. You cannot help but rejoice that we have a God whose eyes are on the righteous and whose ears are attentive to our prayers. Church, you have to say amen there. <laughs> I'm just checking if you're awake. What is David teaching us through his experience? He's saying, I waited patiently in prayer, which resulted in his deliverance from his enemies because he persevered in faith. 
He said, I waited. He says this in verse 1, 2, and 3. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. The Amplifier said, I waited patiently, expectantly on the Lord. And he lifted me from a slimy pit. Out of the mud and the mare. And he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. This verse demonstrates one thing. Faith in God produces results. How long David had to wait is unknown. What he was referring to, what he was going on, we don't know. But what he was telling us is when we wait on the Lord, God responds. You see, God does not respond to our crying. God does not respond to our complaints. God does not respond to our ranting. I'm not saying that God doesn't care how we feel. But the Bible says this in Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he's a rewarder and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Sorry, guys, I always read the New King James Version. So when I'm reading this thing, it's already in my head. Sorry. The benefit of waiting, God answered. God set David's feet on a rock. He gave him a more secure footing. He gave him a place to stand. Perhaps he was beaten down, and God lifted him up and said, David, stand in my strength. He gave him strength to stand. Not only that, verse 3 says, he put a new song in my heart, a hymn of praise to our God. And then he says, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Because David was delivered, many saw the wonders of God and put their trust in the Lord. So David wasn't suffering in isolation. Many saw his deliverance and praised God. Perhaps it was when he slew Goliath. He exercised so much faith that when a little boy could take down that big giant, obviously it spoke wonders of the mightiness of God because the strength wasn't in David. It was in God. Why is this important? Our testimonies, we must not be quiet when we have, when God does something good for us. Our testimonies can be an ignition for somebody else's faith. So don't keep quiet when God does something good. Share it. Our testimonies generate faith. That is why here in the vineyard, you often see us display pictures, uh, videos of people getting healed, and all sorts of good uh, reports that God has done. When, when the last time we did a fundraiser, we got so much money, we, we told you all about it. We are showing you the goodness of God. God is a good father. He is a good father. There is nothing impossible to God if we can only believe in him. God takes his character, his word on his reputation. He's not a man that he should lie. You know, David is still overjoyed. That's why David says this. He goes on to say this. He says, 
Let me see where he says this. He says this in 4, verse 4. Blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, not to those who laugh into falsehood. Many, O oh Lord, are the wonders you have done and the plans you have for us. None can compare to you. None can compare to our God. If I proclaim and declare them, they are too many. They are more than, they are more than I can count. That was how good God was. So let's take a minute and pause right there. What is your need at the moment? What have you asked God for? Because if we focus on our negative situation, we we'll become discouraged, anxiety will set in, we will begin to lose faith and our ability to pray effectively to a God who is always available to provide for us. But when we praise God, when we pray to God from a standpoint of deliverance and answered prayer, we become bolder in prayer. Because we are not praying from a point of defeat or anxiety or fear, but of victory. For we know through our experience that God is our deliverer, he's our provider, he's our shield, he's our protector. He's a God who will never leave nor forsake us. Our deliverer is a problem solver. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. So as David waited, he let us know one thing. There's something key he lets us know. And that is in verse 6, 7, and 8. He says to this, Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. But my ear you have opened. Burn offerings and sin offerings you do not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scrolls. I delight to do your will. I delight to do your will, O God. Your laws is within my heart. The Hebrew writer quotes this. When David says this, it's written of me in the scrolls, what he was referring, he was prophesying to the perfect sacrifice of Christ. Because in Hebrews, the writer quotes the same verse. And he says this, Hebrews 10:5. He says, Therefore, when Christ comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. With burnt offering and sin offering, you, you are not pleased. Then I say, here I am. Jesus is saying, Father, here I am. It is written of me in the scrolls. I have come to do your will. Jesus was our perfect sacrifice. He submitted himself, his life, in order that we may be saved. He submitted his life in perfect obedience. That's what David was prophesying. The coming of a perfect Savior. He said, God, these this animal sacrifices, it will pass away. But God has provided for him a man who will come and die for us. And guess what? His obedience has been imputed to us. 
how do we respond? Our faith must also be demonstrated through obedience. Does God require us to sacrifice our time and money for his kingdom? Yes. All those things are good, but God says, I want you to do it through obedience. I'm saying this because as we wait on God, we need to be obedient to what he's saying. And as I was meditating on it, God says, sometimes our disobedience is not overt. You know, it's not fun. God says, it's those secret things I have whispered in the night to you. Only you and God know those things to do, and you haven't done it. It's not Daisha, not murder. There are secret things God has whispered to us. Who can identify with that? God has whispered to you in the night that nobody knows that you haven't done, but yet you are waiting on God. Guess what? Because sometimes when you disobey, you don't know you're withholding your deliverance. Because when you eliminate those things, that is what is blocking the prayer from coming through. Let me tell you something. If I preach this word and say God is good, he's a good God, hallelujah, everybody goes home happy. But that would be a lie. That God answers prayer no matter what. That would be a lie. That's why David is including this here. Obedience is key. Obedience is key. He just, he's just warning us, this is how I waited. While I was waiting, I was, in, I was living in obedience. And how, how did I accomplish that? I put the laws of God in my heart. As I waited, I was strengthened by the word. As I began to flounder, I remembered that God is, God will deliver me. That's what sustained him in obedience, in waiting. Don't ask me why God takes long to answer prayers. I don't know. That's one of my questions when I get to heaven. Because uh, after I have dealt with Eve... All this, after all this praise and instruction for us to be obedient, David now makes his request. This is the second part of the psalm. He says this. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For trouble without number surrounds me. Poor David. Can you imagine the pressure of that? Be pleased to, 13, be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly to help me, Lord. 14, he says, may all those who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. And I love this. I love his humility. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help, my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. He makes that request on the foundation of praise, of past victories. 
So he's not praying in doubt. He's praying, making his request from a point of victory. You know, in our lives today, we are experiencing like Andy has already prayed. I already prepared to say all that, but Andy too has already done that. But still, I want us to believe in a God who rescues. This same God of David is our God today. David overcame everything because he made his request through the lens of praise. Praise to a God who is a deliverer. He made his request in faith. He made his request through patient expectation, knowing that God the deliverer will surely come through for him. You've had Andy pray for the electricity issue. But as Christians, we are equipped. David was kind of limited. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So the ability to overcome this situation has already been given to us. Our helper is on the inside of us. So what is our response? When Sky News says that to you, it's a reality. But you see what God says as Christians, we must dress up with the full armor of God. He has given us the word of God. The word of God in our mouth is the sword of the spirit. That means we don't accept everything willingly. Even though that is a reality, there is a higher word. The word of God is greater. So when Sky News say, okay, it's capped at 3,500, you hear that, you don't say, oh my God, have you had the news? Oh my God, have you had the good? No. You say, God, you shall supply all my needs according to your riches in glory. This is how David overcame. His, the word of God was in his heart. I am not going to cry, Lord. You shall supply all my needs according to your riches in glory. That is what he's going to do. We talk back to situations. The same person that wrote this verse, this, this psalm is, some, is the same king, David, that wrote Psalm 23, for example. That's not a prayer. It's a declaration of faith. So maybe his enemy was approaching him. He said, the Lord is my shepherd that shall not want. I'm showing you practical things of what we can do. You talk yourself happy. Talk yourself back into faith. Turn off Sky News. You've had the news once. That's fine. But if, let me tell you something. Because, let me tell you something. If we continue to hear that, it will erode your faith. Then the expert will come and this thing, then God, the deliverer, is pushed all the way. Now you believe the expert more than God. You've had it once. Yes, we've had what you said, but God shall supply my needs according to your riches and glory. You've got to supply my needs. I shall not lack any good thing. That is what we do. We fight back with our full armor, with the sword of the spirit in our mouth. And we take out the shield of faith and stop every fiery dart of the enemy. Quench those arrows. Your arrows may not be my, your arrows may not be my arrows. Everybody knows how God, how, this, how the enemy attacks. These enemies David is talking about, 
ours, the enemy is the evil forces that militate against the children of God. So stand tall in the full armor of God and refuse to back down. That is how we fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.